0: Welcome to Property Chat with Jay Anderson. This series is designed to give you the tips, tricks, and knowledge to help you in becoming a successful property investor. Jay Anderson Property, fueled with passion, driven
1: by research, backed by results.
0: Hi, everyone. I'm Jay Anderson, property strategist, buyer's agent, and owner of Jay Anderson Property.
1: And I'm Francis Rivero, a buyer's agent working with Jay Anderson Property. In today's property chat, we're gonna talk through the six common mistakes we see property investors make uh, when it comes to building a property portfolio. You know, property investing is uh, extremely rewarding if you get it right, but certainly doesn't come without pitfalls, you know. Um, So we think it's very important to arm yourself with the right information uh, and be extremely aware of these, you know, these top six mistakes that we see uh, to make sure you can put your best foot forward in minimising your risk and, you know, having exit strategies and all that sort of stuff. So, you know, let's jump straight in. Uh, We'll start with mistake number one, which we think is lack of strategic planning.
0: Yeah. And we see this a lot with DIY investors, um, maybe rushing out to buy that first investment property without having the end game in mind, not actually sitting down and working out what they're actually wanting to achieve out of buying property or property investing and just rushing out and buying any property. One of the most important things I think when it comes to strategic planning and building a strategy is Identifying what the current focus is, you know, is it increasing their net worth is it income generation? Is it improving your lifestyle or is it for funding retirement? identifying w- Which one it is is crucial because this will impact the area you target and the strategy behind the next purchase
1: Very true very true. Um, Mistake number two, which I personally can identify with, is the mistake of overpaying. So can you expand on that one for us? Yeah, and this
0: is especially prevalent in both the owner-occupier market and as well with first-time investors where emotions can be high. Um, you know, I've seen people bidding against themselves for a property, um, or even cases where prospective buyers have said to a real estate agent that they can pay up to X amount if needed an amount which was well above the asking price um, you know I think people get so excited and attached behind the the idea of buying a property that it's very easy to get caught up and end up overpaying
1: yeah and I mean like I said I can identify with this because the first property my wife and I bought a number of years ago now, um, you know, this was before I really went on a, a true education journey as to what makes for um, great property to add to a portfolio that's actually going to help you uh, retire at some point in time. So the example that I have with this first property we bought, um, you know, we had been through the contracts process a few times. And That property didn't turn out to be the right one and then same with the next one So we found ourselves we signed a contract on a property Um, We agreed on a price of $490,000 We hadn't actually done a great deal of due diligence in terms of um, Researching what that property's value actually was we kind of just went off the listing price and agreed on 490 so When you apply for finance, the bank sends a valuer out and values the property to make sure that, um, you know, the security is actually adequate for that mortgage and the valuer decided to value that property at $470,000. So in this scenario, the buyer, who was us, either has a choice to make of walking away from the contract which we should have done (laughs) but what we ended up doing was just putting in the extra $20,000 because we were so I guess tired and exhausted of this process we're both working full-time jobs very busy and we just wanted to buy a house and move in and you know that's kind of a lead on from the previous mistake mistake number one which is lack of strategic planning we had no plan we just wanted to buy a property right So, you know, which leads into mistake number two of overpaying, and in all honesty, mate, uh, this actually is a pretty good segue into mistake number three, which, yeah, we wouldn't have overpaid if um, we had done our solid research and due diligence. So yeah, mistake number three is lack of solid research and due diligence, so can you expand on that one for us? Yeah, and as,
0: as as you pointed out, you know, this can be a costly one. Um, you know, it's coming down to looking at comparable sales or really identifying what that property is worth, um, and not just being guided by the price guide or the listing price on the property, but really understanding what is this property worth? And even little things, other things like in terms of due diligence, things like flood zones and, you know, is the property affected by a flood zone? Transport noise corridors. So transport noise corridors is essentially, you know, If it's near a main road or a rail line, you know, what level of noise can be heard at that property from that transport corridor? You know, that impacts property value and even tenants wanting to live there or, you know, resale value. Other things like new housing supply coming into the area, you know, is I know my local area has two and a half thousand new properties in the pipeline in the next Twenty-four months, which is going to have huge impact on property prices. Other things like vacancy rates and you know concentration or location or density of social housing, all of this can definitely impact um, purchase price and you know really impact a property's performance.
1: Mate, yes, um, all very true and. You know I just want to make a little bit of a case on that one and once again I think we can do a whole nother video on this topic but like you said the area that you live in um, has a huge amount of supply coming on but I know that you are a rent investor so you rent where you live um, because that's a convenient area for you to live in but you invest in all different areas Um, and if you didn't watch our previous video uh, on investing into state, I recommend you go back and have a look at that one but yeah, so you know for jay 's scenario it doesn 't make sense for him to buy that house where he lives due to the fact that there 's a bit of an oversupply in that area, but it is convenient for him to live there, so he 's renting yes, um,
0: spot on yeah, uh, yeah so we're we 're renting where we want to live and What rent vesting, which is going to be a whole new topic, we'll we'll do a video on. But what rent vesting has really enabled me to do is to build a property portfolio that I wouldn't have been able to if I owned my own home.
1: Yeah, particularly if you had bought the type of property that you live in now. um, Given the fact that there is so much supply in that area, yeah, it's a great area to live. But you don't want to own that because you know you've got to pay all the holding costs. You're not going to get capital growth and The numbers just don't stack up but like we said topic for another day Um, which once again (laughs) funnily enough this segues nicely into mistake number four which is buying in the wrong area
0: yeah and this is typically a result of two of the earlier mistakes that we've touched on being lack of strategic planning and lack of solid research Um, you know without these the chances are strong that you'll end up buying in an area that isn't perfectly synced to you and your unique buying requirements. To put this into perspective, there's currently 15,264 suburbs in Australia. And as we speak, we only have 30 suburbs around the nation that we've given the green light to invest in. You know, that equates to only 0.2% of all suburbs in Australia. So it That really highlights the importance of having the correct research and analysis behind the investment-making decision
1: mate. those are those numbers are actually mind-boggling when you really think about it Um, But yeah, we'll we'll go more more in depth on that topic another time All righty mistake number five is Analysis paralysis. So what's going on there?
0: Yeah, and, and, and I fell into this trap um, early on in my investing career um, and really it comes down to, in this day and age, we have so much information readily available at our fingertips. Um, you know, through the power of the internet, we can access information on any topic and a vast array of information and different opinions on that information. So it can be quite easily to get quite overwhelmed with just an overload of information that you end up freezing and falling into a trap of just feeling overwhelmed with information that you don't make decision and you don't take any action at all.
1: Yes. uh, (laughs) Truth becomes relative, doesn't it? When you've got all all this information just flooding your mind all the time. Um, Alrighty. Well, Mistake number six and our final mistake that we see all the time is trying to time the market perfectly.
0: Yeah. So whilst buying in an area that's in the right stage of the market cycle is important, trying to perfectly time it is never a good idea. um, As you can miss out on good buying and selling opportunities. And I guess Sydney's a good example of this. Um, 2016 people holding off on selling their property who did want to sell but holding off until the market peaks you know 2016 we just come off the back of a very strong boom in sydney um prices were very very um strong um a lot of demand in the market you know there was a lot of action happening um, and people were holding off, thinking, oh, the market's going to go up another 5%. We'll just hold off to sell. We'll just hold off to get that little bit more. But what happens is when you try and time a market like that perfectly, you don't know that the market has reached its peak until it's gone, until that's, or that moment in time has already passed. So then what happens, people came off the wrong side of the peak when correction and prices started contracting. Is now they're forced into sell then and there before prices slide even further. So trying to get that squeeze that extra little bit of money out right at the end, um, you know, can be a costly mistake. And the same thing happens when when buying a property. You know, trying to time a market perfectly of holding off to buy because we think the market is going to correct. You know, another two, three, four, five percent. When a market has got the fundamentals right and it makes sense to buy in that area, it's about taking action and not trying to time it perfectly.
1: So true. And I mean, one of my virtual mentors always says that um, experience is the thing that you get two minutes after you need it. (laughs) Very true. (laughs) I'm glad you talk about Sydney because, um, you know, looking through all these mistakes, I feel like I've made every single one of them. (laughs) Maybe aside from analysis paralysis, so maybe I should have done a bit more um, analytics around what I was doing early on. But you talk about Sydney there, and I reflect back on that first property, which I, um, you know, full disclosure, big mistake, whatever, move on. But if I would have spent $490,000 on a property in Sydney back at that time. What year was that? Um, Early 2014. Okay. All right, so if comparable property, let's just say, uh, I can't remember, I think that property was about 11 kilometers from the Brisbane CBD, but if I would have bought a property like that in early 2014 in the Sydney market, how much would it be worth today? A million bucks at least?
0: Oh, 2014, probably not. But you, you, you definitely missed out on, you know, maybe two or three years of very solid growth in Sydney. Um, so that's certainly right. left a lot of money on the table. Hindsight
1: does
0: have 2020 20 vision, but um, yeah, certainly at that time, um, if you had, if you were armed with the knowledge that you have now about property investing. I'm sure you would have had a very, very
1: different outcome. You don't know what you don't know until you know. Yes.
0: Yeah. And uh, as Warren Buffett famously said, risk comes from not knowing what you are doing.
1: Very true. Wise words, mate. Um, alrighty. So just to summarize and recap on the six mistakes that we've covered today, we've got number one, lack of strategic planning. Number two, overpaying. Number three, lack of solid research and due diligence. Number four, buying in the wrong area. Uh, Number five, analysis paralysis. Number six, trying to time the market. So, um, you know, I think we've covered off a lot of good stuff here today, mate. But uh, any last words for our listeners?
0: Yeah, I I guess just, you know, hopefully um, there's a few major takeaways um, from some of the mistakes we've touched on and people can maybe uh resonate with some of those and they might be mistakes they've made or they might be making those mistakes now um so yeah really hope i think there's a lot of very powerful information in there um so hopefully we could we've certainly added some value to um to everybody listening so i guess until next week thanks guys
1: thanks see ya.